This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. If it's passed, bounced, or hit, we're talking about it. All sports talk is on News Radio WGNS. Sponsored by State Farm agents Andy Womack, Bud Morris, and Deb Insel. Here to help life go right. Chip Walters with Exit Realty, Bob Lamb and Associates. Jennings and Ayers Funeral Hall, helping families since 1880. First Bank, serving Murfreesboro and Rutherford County. Parks Auction Company, committed to auction excellence. Creekside at Three Rivers Assisted Living. Greg Hall at City Auto Sales. And the Blue Raider Insider Report is sponsored by Mike Tanzel and My Team Insurance. Steve Rucker with RAI Advisors. And Wayne Blair with Rayburn Insurance. Let's get it started in here. We've got your local sports fix. It's all sports talk on News Radio WGNS. Talk a Thursday edition. Scorcher in the borough. Hope everybody's had a good day. All right, we'll just jump right into some things here. Um, 14 Oklahoma football players uh, have tested positive for the COVID 19 virus. So, seeing more and more. Um, Universities being uh, forced to deal with that, uh, and you ex- would expect more. Um, uh, University of Tennessee uh, uh, has said that uh, none of its players have have not heard a report of any over at MTSU. So that's good. Some other schools just not as fortunate. And, you know, I wrote a column, oh, I guess a little while back, you know, are we doing too much too soon? Because obviously the numbers are going up. Now, as I said yesterday, when it comes to sports, you're going to play and take the risk or you're not going to play at all. I mean, the, the risk of catching it is certainly there now. Its mortality rate is, you know, below one percent. So you know, it's just kind of what do you want? What are you going to do? Hands are a little tied in some regards. Speaking of that, high school football um, this week will end the dead period. Um. Next week, they would have gotten out and gotten helmets, done seven-on-seven passing tournaments and things like that. I think just about everybody was doing it. Those have been put on hold due to Governor Lee's um, extending the state of emergency to August 29th. So with that, obviously, uh, there's no contact. Uh, the... High school football teams and other teams can go back uh, to um, um, whatever they were doing, conditioning and whatnot. Same with soccer teams. 
it's considered a contact sport. And um, Bernard Childress, the executive director of the TSSAA, yesterday had a, a virtual press conference and um, did not know this, cheerleading, um, although not sanctioned, it is offered by the TSSAA. It falls under their window. It is considered a um, contact activity. In other words, you know, um, you can't do stunts and, and things like that. So it's affecting a little bit of everybody. I would say bands have to social distance themselves. They can't get in their typical formations that they would. So it's going to be a weird year. Um, there were four scenarios put out. I kind of touched on a little yesterday with not all the details. Uh, we'll get into those. Um, um, however, um, uh, the TSSAA has contacted Governor Bill Lee's task force about being exempt um, from contact activities like the NFL teams are. The NFL team is, obviously, the Titans, you know, the TSUs, MTSU, people, you know, college football. Uh, they're exempt from all this. But they're not, they're not doing any contact yet anyway and probably wouldn't, I would say, till near the end of the month. You know, the season doesn't open till the 5th. The um, high school football season uh, scheduled to open the 21st. And actually there were some games on that Thursday plan, including um, Laverne at Rockville. So under the current restrictions, that won't happen. We'll see if the TSSAA is able to um, convince the governor that it's okay to get out. I don't see it. Um, you've got teams in Metro that haven't done anything. At least uh, everybody else has been getting out. And, and, you know, if you don't think people hadn't pushed the envelope, you know, you, you know don't fool yourself. They're certainly doing that. All righty, you're listening to All Sports Talk. This portion brought to you by First Bank, where the bank remains true to its ideals since founded in 1906. That's First Bank. We're going to take a break and be right back. At Ascension St. Thomas, the care you need is available today. Whether you've had to put off routine visits or health screenings, delayed a surgery or specialty care, our caregivers are prepared for your arrival. We will maintain strict precautions for your safety in our care, such as rigorous cleaning, distancing, and protective equipment. We're open for appointment scheduling for your urgent and ongoing care needs. Schedule now and ask about virtual visits. GetSTHealthcare.com. Dr. Craig McCabe, the eye doctor you hear on the radio. 
you just really wanted to get really good vision or see without glasses near or far. I can drive without glasses. I can look at my computer without glasses. And being able to read a street sign when I'm driving down the road is awesome. Dr. Craig McCabe. I can't thank you enough. I am so blessed for you. McCabe Vision Center on Heritage Park Drive, just off Memorial, behind SunTrust Bank. Parks Auction. We handle everything. The auction is a means of drawing people together for a quick, easy sale. I've always been a big fan of auctions. You know, you get instant sale, no contingencies and everything. I've known the guys over there my entire life. Visit our website at parksauction.com to learn more. Call Parks Auction at 896-4600. Stan Vaught and the Parks Auction team are proud supporters of local high school and MTSU sports. With the service you get from State Farm, you might think our car insurance costs more. I'm State Farm Agent Bud Morris. Give me a call at 615-893-1417 and let me show you with discounts up to 40%. You may find it even costs less. At State Farm, when home and auto works as a team, you score and save money. I'm State Farm Agent Bud Morris. Give me a call at 615-893-1417 and let's work together to win big by saving money on home and auto. We're doing some flag waving as we celebrate Independence Day in Murfreesboro. The Heart of Tennessee annual Murfreesboro fireworks display will light up the sky at 9 p.m. July 4th. There's a new location on Medical Center Parkway. Although there's no official venue for games, music, or food, you can join us here on WGNS beginning at 7 p.m. from wherever you view the fireworks display for the pre-show. We'll have music and surprise guests leading up to a patriotic melody accompanying the fireworks display all heard on FM 100.5, 101.9, and AM 1450. The Heart of Tennessee annual Murfreesboro Fireworks Display, July 4th, is presented by the City of Murfreesboro, Murfreesboro Parks and Recreation, Murfreesboro Police Department, Murfreesboro Fire and Rescue, and WGNS Radio. Find a place in the Medical Center Parkway area, bring a picnic, your lawn chairs, and listen to WGNS beginning at 7 p.m., leading up to the 9 p.m. fireworks display set to music. All sports talk on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5, FM 101.9, AM 1450, online and on your phone at WGNSRadio.com. Welcome back to All Sports Talk. All righty. TSSAA board yesterday. They discussed four scenarios for the 2020 um high school football season with all three having a start date of September 18th. Uh, of course, the discussion came two days after Tennessee Governor's Bill Lee announcement that he was extending the state of emergency until the 29th of August due to the COVID-19 virus. That result means high school football and soccer teams can't have any contact nor can they compete in seven-on-seven passing tournaments at this time. They can resume conditioning and weightlifting beginning July 6th, which is what they did the previous three weeks uh, before the dead period. All right, scenario one. And um, there's four scenarios, really three. The fourth one's not going to happen, but we'll mention it. Um, if the executive order expires on the 29th, practice would begin on August 30th. 
with the first game being set for September 18. That would actually be week five. All regular season schedules for schools would be basically scrapped and replaced by the state office with a seven-week region schedule for all schools. Some schools don't, some regions don't have seven teams, though. Um, playoffs would be conducted as usual. Uh, which means you're going to play about you're going to be playing seven games, um, but schools that do not make the playoffs would be able to play two extra games after the regular season. You might want to say, "Why, if you can't make the playoffs, why would you want to?" Well, I guess if you got a lot of seniors, you probably wouldn't do it. If you got a young team, uh, you want to get them more games. You know, say like a team like Rockville. I'm not saying they're not going to make the playoffs, but it's going to be tough. Uh, and, um, you know, they might want to play uh, extra games. All right. Option number two. Of course, all these options um, are assuming the executive order expires on the 29th. All regular season schedules for schools would be replaced by the state office with an eight-week region schedule or – you know, you could pick up a couple other games. The regular season would extend into week 12, and the first round of the playoffs would be scrapped. And only region champions and runner-ups would qualify um, for the playoffs. Teams that do not qualify for the playoffs would be able to play two extra games after the regular season. In a couple of these scenarios, you might see a return of a bowl game or two. Yeah. Coach Rockville, Coach Rick Rice was pointing out to me the other day, you know, those used to be a big deal. They were a big deal. Community really got them around them, and they were really good money makers. And, of course, back in the day, um, only two teams went to the playoffs anyway, and a lot of coaches think that's the way it ought to be now. Obviously, for... Uh, monetary reasons, and understandably so, TWSAA has come up with its current format. All right, the third option. Schools would keep their current schedule and begin play with the Week 5 game on September 18th. Games scheduled against member schools for Week 3 would be played in Week 12. Games scheduled against member schools for Week 4 would be played Week 13. That's yeah, confusing. Only region champions would advance to the playoffs, uh, so you'd have an 18 bracket. Uh, the fourth scenario, and this is, I don't believe this is going to happen, cancel the playoffs and championships, start practice on August 30th. Um, schools play games as scheduled beginning week five um, on September 18th. Move games against member schools from one through weeks one through four to weeks 12 through 15. So, a lot of different options. I'm kind of leaning towards the second one where the top two teams make it and you play eight games. Most coaches want to play as many games as they can possible. Kids put a lot of time, a lot of work, a lot of effort. And, um, you know, this is a one-year deal, hopefully. 
Uh, I've talked to several coaches say I think they ought to go back to the way they were doing, used to do it with the top two teams. Now, it makes it tough in some regions like the one here in Rutherford County. It's going to be good going to be a good team or two good teams left out. You know, we've seen four seeds beat one seeds. Uh, Riverdale did it a couple years ago when they beat Mount Juliet. Um, Williamson County. Very good, you know. That thing is a it's 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 wide open year after year. And, you know, of course, all this is contingent on the numbers and what's happening. Uh, you know, we've had more cases and more cases and more cases. Um, I know a lot of people scoff at it. You can say more people will die of car wrecks and this and that and this and that. Big problem with this, it's highly contagious. It affects people differently. Most people, it's just like fighting a bug. You just, a couple weeks, you're going to be fine. Does it come back? I've never, I, I don't know that we know that yet. I'm assuming it does. I mean, in, in terms of you could get it for a second time. Haven't heard of that, but. Um, and then ultimately, when you look at it, you know, say you're in the third, fourth week of the season and, you know, you're, you're starting line, offensive line or defensive line gets it. Well, puts a big damper, particularly when you're looking at schools like Eagleville, Middle Tennessee Christian School, who are small in numbers. Um, it's going to have a big effect on teams. Um we still don't know what's going to happen with school yet. Uh, they're scheduled to make that decision um, next week. And, and as far as those scenarios, uh, the board's going to be uh, a week from today, I believe, or a week from yesterday, um, next Wednesday, and decide which option they're going to go with. Of course, again, they're hoping the TWSAA is that they'll get exempt from it. But, you know, if you can't if you can't have mass gathering, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. And we, you know, and who knows what's going to happen with crowds. I guess that, that will be, I, I would imagine, ultimately, if we get this far to, and actually start a season September 18th, that will be up to the um, school districts. Now, if this if this order is extended past the 29th, um, all bets are off, and you're probably not going to have football. So you know you've essentially got almost two months now to. Um, Social distance, do the right thing. And if you don't, there may not be football. May not be soccer. Uh, girls soccer, I think they're going to um, move the um, um, 
state tournament, the state championship back and um, add some extra games. Golf, cross country, um, those are non-contact sports. They have a chance, if the order expires, to um, go in into the year and start on time. All righty, you're listening to All Sports Talk. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back, and Chip Walters will join us with the Blue Raider Insider Report. For that too, you can listen to us anywhere, on air and on demand. We're News Radio WGNS. As we keep you updated with the latest traffic, it's a lot of radar up and down the interstate out here. Watch your speed. They're really starting to crack down as we get into the holiday weekend. Again, up and down I-24, slow it down. THP chasing people down, giving them a ticket, trying to spoil their holiday weekend. For that perfect getaway just outside Gatlinburg, check out Cosby Creek Cabins. Log on to CosbyCreekCabins.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. If you're not waking up to the wake-up brew, here's what you've been missing. I can remember back in the early days how much information we were going to give the public. We give them nothing. We don't give them anything. Weekday mornings from 6 <laughs> until Swap and oh, Shop. What has happened to this show? Hello, friends. Thanks for listening in. This is Lenny Farmer here for Jennings and Ayers Funeral Home. Wow, cremation seems to be the talk of the day, and you probably have a question or two about whether that should be your final choice, because so many questions surround this method of finality to life. Let me set your mind at ease by answering your plaguing questions. You can reach me at 615-893-2422 to set up a time for a no-pressure question and answer period to help determine what is best for you. Jennings and Ayers. Every team knows which play can be a winning move. I'm State Farm Agent Andy Womack, here to help life go right by combining your home and auto insurance. Call me today at 615-890-0850. It's a winning move that saves you time and money. Your ride, your stuff. You live with them together. I'm State Farm Agent Andy Womack. It's smart to protect them together to help life go right. Give me a call at 615-890-0850 and let me help you save by combining your auto and renters it's time show your true blue blue raiders it's time for the blue raider insider report with chip walters sponsored by mike tanzel with my team insurance steve rucker and rai advisors and wayne blair with rayburn insurance go blue raiders are you paying hundreds of dollars too much for your home and auto insurance let the team at My Team Insurance help, a true independent insurance agency that represents you in protecting your home, your cars, your business, your life, and your health. Call My Team Insurance today, 895-4201. That's 895-4201. Proud to be sponsoring the Blue Raiders and proud to say, let's go Blue! All Sports Talk on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5, FM 101.9, AM 1450, online and on your phone at WGNSRadio.com. 
Welcome back to All Sports Talk. It's time for the Blue Raider Insider Report with Chip Walters, play-by-play voice of the Blue Raiders. Chip, what's up today? Well, good afternoon, everybody. On this Thursday, we have a good bit of golf news today. We'll start on the men's side, where head coach Mark McIntyre announced on Wednesday the hiring of Cody Provo as Middle Tennessee's new assistant coach. A former professional golfer and collegiate standout at Clemson, Provo brings a strong record of success as both a player and a coach at multiple levels to the Blue Raider program. Provo's resume includes six mini-tour victories as a professional, as well as appearances on both the PGA and Web.com Tour. The Web.com Tour is now known as the Corn Ferry Tour. An all-ACC performer, he was also a member of four NCAA regional teams at Clemson and helped the Tigers reach the NCAA National Championships twice in a career that included 11 top 10 finishes and six top five finishes. A former number one ranked junior in the country, Provo won the 2011 AJGA Rolex Player of the Year, the same year he won the Junior PGA Championship at Sycamore Hills Country Club and competed in five U.S. juniors and three U.S. amateurs. The Leesville, South Carolina native earned his undergraduate degree in sociology with a minor in athletic leadership from Clemson, where he was a member of the Dean's List twice, a two-time recipient of the Jay Haas Award given to the top junior in South Carolina while competing for Pelion High School. Provo now sponsors a scholarship that benefits Pelion student-athletes. We certainly welcome Cody Provo to the Blue Raider family. On the women's side, the Women's Golf Coaches Association released the list of 2020 All-American Scholars on Monday, and head coach Chris Adams' squad placed a record-tying four honorees on the list for the second consecutive year and for the fourth time in program history. Middle Tennessee's Sophie Burks, Catherine Caudill, Savannah Quick, and Madison Smith each earned the prestigious honor, with Burks making the cut for the third time and Caudill being honored for the second time. Middle Tennessee also totaled four honorees in 2008, 2009, and 2019, and they have now boasted multiple honorees for seven consecutive years. To be named an All-American Scholar, student-athletes must maintain a 3.5 or better GPA, have high moral character, and participate in at least half of their team's competitions in the current season in order to be named an All-American Scholar. So that is a good bit of golf news there today. We have Blue Raider Network news now. The athletic department and Learfield IMG announced that the Blue Raider Network will continue to blanket the mid-state with Blue Raider football, men's and women's basketball, and baseball for the 2020-2021 athletic year. The station lineup will continue to include our flagship station right here, WGNS AM and FM, 1450 AM, 100.5 and 100.1 FM, and also Cromwell Media's ESPN 1025 The Game and Game 2. During football season, of course, we'll be a 90-minute countdown to kickoff show and post-game programming that will include interviews with coaches and players, as well as listener interaction on the Raider Wrap-Up Show. In addition to uh, terrestrial broadcast outlets, Blue Raider fans around the world are still able to listen to every broadcast through Learfield IMG partnerships with several streaming outlets. That includes TuneIn, the TuneIn app, where the Blue Raider Network has its own dedicated uh, channel. 
So that is it for this afternoon. I will uh, be back with another update before the holiday weekend coming up tomorrow. All right, Chip, we appreciate you as always. We'll talk to you tomorrow and remind everyone the Blue Raider Insider Report brought to you today by Wayne Blair and Rayborn Insurance, Steve Ruckert and REI Advisors, and Mike Tanzel and My Team Insurance. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back, and we'll be joined by former uh, Blue Raider Michael McHenry and a seven-year veteran of the Major League Baseball. And um, he now works for the Pittsburgh Pirates, and we'll – Talk to him about all that and what's going on with him. We'll take a break and be right back. Buying a quality pre-owned vehicle from City Auto is the smartest car buying decision you can make. Hear what our customers have to say. Here at City Auto, the experience was great. We were in and out. You're not going to be hassled. They come in, they gave me a price. Greg Hall at City Auto Sales. City Auto is our largest inventory lot right there. We have financing. So come by and see us or just check them out there on the website, cityauto.com. Check out all of those vehicles. City Auto, the wholesale auto mall. Shop where the dealer shops. Hi, I'm Chip Walters with Exit Realty, Bob Lamb and Associates. These are unprecedented times we're going through. All of us in any kind of business are taking precautions. I'm here today to tell you that we're still doing business and I'm subscribing to the best practices about personal interaction. Technology is our ally, from virtual home tours to digital document movement and signing. My website is my digital hub at choosechip.net. Homes are still being bought and sold, and I'm here to do that in a safe, responsible manner and to be your trusted advisor in real estate. All Sports Talk on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5, FM 101.9, AM 1450, online and on your phone at WGNSRadio.com. Welcome back to All Sports Talk. Um, we're now going to be joined by Michael McHenry, former MTSU catcher, seventh-round pick of the uh, Rockies. Played, spent seven seasons in the major leagues. Uh, Michael, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well. How are, how are you doing? Doing great, doing great. Thanks for joining us today. What have you been doing with really yourself during all this time? I've been trying to stay busy, uh, self-made uh, handyman around the house. Um, I tore my ACL right after Christmas and I had surgery right before all this chaos happened. So I've been doing rehab two to three days a week up in Nashville at Empower. Then just like we were talking before we got on the phone, I've been learning a lot of new technology, uh, help build a website, um, and been doing a lot of different type of like Zoom calls, Google Play, all those different things, trying to stay in the, in the now of what's going on and um, try to keep baseball informative to some of the Pittsburgh Pirate fans out there that um, still want to talk baseball and still want to talk shop. Um, now, you, you currently serve as a an analyst, I guess, for their pregame and postgame show. Are you still doing that? I am. I'm still the pre- and postgame analyst for AT&T uh, Sportsnet, and the plan was to do a little bit of the uh, broadcast during the game for the Pirates, um, obviously with the uh, season being cut um pretty short i don't know if i'll be doing that much but we'll just wait and see are you ready for baseball to get going 
Yeah, I feel like I've had a ball and chain on me for the last three or four months without baseball. Um, you know, I went down to spring training. I got to uh, you know, watch a little bit of baseball. It gave me the itch. And then, you know, when they shut it down, and it felt like it happened just so fast. It, it was it was heartbreaking. I, I was really looking forward to watching the young team in Pittsburgh and see how they come together and create a culture of new with, with some new people in the front office. But, you know, life hit, and you just have to kind of embrace it and move forward and see what happens. Now, you you were with the Pirates from 011 to 13, and you obviously had to cultivate some pretty good relationships because you eventually left and went back to the Rockies and played – uh, for the Cardinals, um, you know, I, again, you had to cultivate some really neat relationships for them to reach out to you and, and get you, keep you in the game of baseball. Yeah, you know, people ask me all the time, "How did you get? How did you get on TV? And how how did you become an analyst right after you got done playing?" So I went straight into it, and I, I always say, I just tried to take any opportunity that could to either give back or show up, you know, whether it be go speak at a church or, you know, go speak to a youth group or go to a school and, you know, hang out with some kids and just kind of be a part of the community as, as much as I possibly could. And for some reason, Pittsburgh was, and I did that everywhere I played and I played, I think in 11 different cities. And at the end of the day, Pittsburgh was the one city that embraced me the most. So I had more opportunities and I got to know more people. And I feel like that really opened up the door. And then in 2013, when, when I got hurt, I hurt my knee pretty bad, season-ending injury. Because of those things I'd been doing, they'd seen me. And the network actually asked me to come on because I couldn't travel with the team while the team was on the West Coast. So, you know, at 2 o'clock in the morning, I'm doing the pre- and post-game show, and I'm still a player. That created a, a great opportunity for me, you know, once I retired to jump into something right away and not lose the game. A lot of guys kind of fall in, in between, I guess, when they get done playing. And they're not really sure what to do. They go back to school, all these things, but they miss the game. Everyone misses the game, whether you retire on your own terms or you don't. So being able to stay in the game, learn the game, grow within the game has been an absolute blessing. You know, I think of a lot of us, you know, of course, I covered you at MTSU for the paper and, and and a lot of Blue Raider fans that followed you. You're, I think a lot of us saw, hey, McHenry's a veteran catcher. He's going to get into coaching because so many catcher, <laughs> so many catchers do. Yeah, I I think my future will be in coaching at some point. Um, the opportunity I have now gives me an opportunity to learn from thirty different teams. So I'm not necessarily tied just to the Pirates. Even if I was a broadcaster, I still have access to the GM with the Cardinals. I still have access to the manager with Milwaukee. And I can start to learn from a group of individuals instead of just a collective you know, culture within the Pirates. So being able to do that, I think, is going to really kind of broaden my, my spectrum in the coaching realm. I still you know, work with kids. I worked with the team last night, a travel team, 13-year-old team. And it's a huge passion. Like, I love giving back in the game. I love working with kids. I love to see the growth that they have. So I will never cut coaching out. It's just right now I feel like God's calling me to really focus on, you know, growing as an individual and, and 
trying to grow as a leader to hopefully one day be able to lead men. Michael, of course, there's going to be a 60-game um, schedule. Um, obviously, that's not ideal, and we I, I know a lot of the players least hoped there would be, you know, at least a, a full half a season. Obviously, there were so many details to work out, and then you still got the virus and that thing going. What type of season do you think this is going to be? Uh, who do you think it favors? You know, I've heard some analysts say, uh, teams that have veteran pitchers or this or that. Uh, how do you see it? You know, this season's like gasoline on a fire. It's going gonna, it's gonna to flame up real fast and then fizzle out real fast. Um, it's going to be very interesting, but, you know, I, I kind of see the opposite. I, I see teams with, with more youth having the advantage. Um, they're going to have the shorter – uh, spring training, and I know most of these guys were, were staying ready. I know in Nashville they had a short, like a small mini camp at a local uh, Franklin High School. I believe there was about fifteen to twenty guys there on the regular. So these guys are ready to go. They're gonna they're gonna be able to play. But the cool part about having this expedited season is every team has a chance. And what I mean by every team has a chance, you know, if you look back at the Pirates, and I use them as an example because I've been there the last two years. If they ended at the half, so at that 81-game mark, they were in line to be in the playoffs. I know that's an extra 20, 21 games, but if you look at that, they played really, really well over the first half and fell off second half almost both years. So they're a team that if they start out hot, and we all know how baseball goes, you know, you run off 10 in a row, I mean, that's the sixth of your season. So there's a chance teams that you wouldn't even think could get into the playoffs have a chance to get in the playoffs because you just have to get on a good run. You don't have to get on a great run. Well, you so know, it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, and, you know, of course, I follow the the Braves and the athletics. And, you know, I was looking back. Both of them last year were, after 40 games, they were like 21 and 19 Something mm-hmm. like that, uh, and then both both of them took off. Sometimes it takes teams a while to take off, so you really can't afford a, a horrible start, can you? No, you absolutely can't. That's why I think some of the younger teams, like the Braves, like Oakland, Tampa Bay is another one that I think everybody should keep their eyes on. Those three teams, they've got pitching, they've got a, they've got an incredible defense, and they can hit enough. And those are the teams you're gonna have to watch out for. Those teams that can really pitch and play good defense and they have that youth aspect to them, they're going to be tough to beat because they're going to be able to do a lot of things really, really quick out of the gate. You know, the, the hitting always comes after the pitching with the shorter, you know, spring training slash summer camp that they're calling it. It's going to be hard for those hitters to, you know, get comfortable in the box. They're not going to see other teams' pitchers. I know the Yankees are trying to put some together where they have some – some type of games against whether it's the Mets or somebody close to them. They're trying to work that out with the league. But, you know, you're talking about inner squads going all the way back to college. You know, you're just going to face your pitcher. So, you know, teams with the best pitchers are going to be hitting against the best pitchers in their quote-unquote spring training. But also these guys that don't maybe have that type of pitching, they're going to be right out of the gate facing these tougher guys. It's going to be very, very interesting to see how quick guys catch on. We're joined today by Michael McHenry, former Blue Raider and Major Leaguer. Uh, We'll take a quick break and be right back. 
When news breaks. When traffic's horrendous. When the weather's bad. Be the first to get the news, traffic, and weather you want with a text alert from News Radio WGNS. Free text alert. Sign up online at WGNSRadio.com. As we keep you updated with the latest traffic, it's a lot of radar up and down the interstate out here. Watch your speed. They're really starting to crack down as we get into the holiday weekend. Again, up and down I-24, slow it down. THP chasing people down, giving them a ticket, trying to spoil their holiday weekend. For that perfect getaway just outside Gatlinburg, check out Cosby Creek Cabins. Log on to CosbyCreekCabins.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. We do it your way at Pizza. Murphy Sproul's favorite pizza is open for dine-in with social distancing and special precautions. Of course, you can still order online, call in for pickup, and have Sir Pizza delivered to your door. At Creekside Assisted Living of Murfreesboro, we provide excellence in service while maintaining the dignity of our residents in a home-like atmosphere. Come see our new community, which includes bistros, salons, a library, and spacious activity areas. A kind, friendly, and well-trained staff can help residents with the daily activities of life. Locally owned by Blue Raider alumni Tim Keach and Kent Ayer. Find out more about Creekside Assisted Living, 895-3002, or online at www.creeksideassistedliving.com. All sports talk on News Radio WGNS FM 100.5, FM 101.9, AM 1450, online and on your phone at WGNSRadio.com. Welcome back to All Sports Talk. This portion brought to you by First Bank. Locations in the borough, Woodbury, Nashville, and 46 others across the state. That's First Bank. Michael McHenry. Uh, analyst for the Pittsburgh Pirates and former MTSU player joining us today. Uh, what do you think the fan situation is going to look like at look like once it's going? Do you think it's going to vary city to city? I do think it's going to vary city to city um, with all the the different guidelines from the governors. It's just really going to depend on you know how open the state is, you know how willing they are to be adaptable. So it's going to be. It's going to be different depending on where you go. I know there's a couple teams already, like San Fran and Oakland. They're actually selling cutouts, so you can get a picture of yourself put into the stands. If your um, cutout gets hit with the ball, they'll mail you the ball, which I think is really, really cool. So you're going to see some creativity. If you've watched Korea or Japan or some of the teams out there, they've done some really fun stuff. They've had stuffed animals in the stands. They've done different things. But I think as soon as they, they can have fans – in the stands, they're going to have fans. It's not going to look like it has in the past. Maybe you just have a couple concession stands open. You may not have all the you know, playgrounds and all those different things on the concourse, but if they can have 10 fans, they'll have 10 fans. If they can have you know, 3,000 fans, they'll have 3,000 fans. And at the end of the day, most of these stadiums can seat 35,000, 40,000 people. So it's not going to be difficult to socially distance, especially outside. We, we've seen from all the studies and the data that this virus does not have the same effect outside as it does inside. So, you know, getting people outside is really, really important, especially in the middle of summer. So I think I, I hope and pray, I really do believe that as soon as they can have fans, they're going to. All right, there's going to be a couple new wrinkles here, and I guess in a 60-game schedule, maybe not such a bad idea to, you know, test the waters on, the, on things. One is the – universal dh so i want to get your thoughts on that and the other if a game goes extra inning it's kind of like a universal tiebreaker in um uh, softball where they put a runner at 
uh, second base. And I know they've done that in the minor leagues. And I think 70% of those games uh, were decided in the next inning. Just your thought on those two things for this year and then moving forward, do you think it's a good idea? The universal DH for this year I do like. Um, you know, with the shortened season and the shortened spring training, you know, it cuts down maybe on a chance of guys getting hurt, and it allows guys to get at-bats that need at-bats instead of the pitchers getting at-bats. There's a rule that I heard that I hope they implement in the, in the future, which I think is really cool, is after the fifth inning or after the starter comes out, then you go to a universal DH. Um, they've been talking about that and playing around with that um, idea for a while. So that way the starters are the only guys that hit. And you have to still have the strategy. You know, you still have to have some things going. But those first, you know, the first hitter, the first five or six innings, however they wanted to do it, they've been playing around with it. I think that'd be really cool moving forward. But I do like the pitchers hitting. I do like sack bunts. I do like watching them try to hit and run and do some different things. And when a pitcher gets a, a hit or hit the homer, I mean, there's no better, like, fun in the game, especially when you're on the on the bench or you're catching that guy that day and he hits a double in the gap to help himself win the ball game. I mean, that's just really, really fun. Takes you all the way back to Little League. And then um, on the new rule with the runner at second, I don't like it. Um, I played a couple of nine, 19 games, and they're some of the most memorable games i played. Not necessarily that do I love – you know, these extra innings, but I think if you're going to do something, get a little more creative, like have a home run derby, you know, do something that the fans can really get behind, especially in a year that we don't have an all-star game. We're not having a home run derby. I think it would have been awesome if, you know, each team picks a guy and you go and you can't pick the same guy. Maybe the next time you have the extra innings or whatever, but like home run derby, let's go. I think that would have been an absolute blast. It would have saved the pitcher's arms and it would have been a lot of fun. Well, I know, um, you know, everybody's just glad that uh, if you're a baseball fan, everybody's just glad there's going to be baseball. You know, when this season passes and we go into next year, it's going to be a critical year um, for baseball, I think, because um, their CBA is going to run out to end of next year, isn't it? It is, it is. And it's it's kind of scary, to be honest, to think about after the 2021 season to go into that CBA agreement because if you paid attention at all, you saw the tension between the owners and the MLBPA. So it's going to be a uh, fight to the death. That's a good point because I'm thinking, man, if these guys can't agree on 60 versus 80 or this and that, I mean, what is next year going to be like? (laughs) Yeah, it's going to – you know, I was a rep for four years, an alternate rep. Um, And, you know, the player – whether, whether you keep up with it or not, no one can argue that the players have given more than the owners have given over probably the last 20 years. Players always are giving, always are giving, always giving. I mean, just this year, if I, if I was uh, eligible for the draft back in 06, I went in the seventh round. I wouldn't have gotten drafted because they only did five rounds. I mean, they cut out 35 rounds into the draft. That was an agreement that the MOBPA decided, hey, we'll give you this. So we can have a prorated contract, blah blah blah, and then the owners pulled it back. And in a time when you know you have people unemployed, all this stuff going on, it was bad optics both sides. So going into this CBA, there's a lot of tension on both sides because there was a lot of 
bad will and, you know, kind of playing the political game a little bit too much. They tried to use the pandemic against the players. And really the whole thing made the players look even even worse than they should have when they were trying to just have the agreement that was settled on in March. So it's going to be interesting. Um, I hope they start the talks now because I think it's going to take that long. And they get it figured out because any, any more delay or pushback or bad PR with, with the MLB and MLBPA, I think it's going to absolutely crush the fan base. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Well, we'll move on to something more positive now. Let's kind of go back in time. Uh, I, I know you played your high school ball at Knoxville Farragut. How did you end up at MTSU? Well, it's pretty interesting. Um, I played a little bit of everywhere um, in high school, and all I really want to do is catch. And when I was getting recruited, you know, back in my day, I feel like an old old fart saying that, but, you know, they didn't have the matrix. They didn't have the analytics. So they went off more or less the seeing eye test. How's this guy – look how does he project so i was five nine i i'm i'm built like a little little house you know i'm stocky and and strong with big legs so like i'm not the projectable quote-unquote like gazelle athlete so when i was getting recruited i was getting recruited by a lot of the teams i thought i would or schools i thought i would and most of the teams that were recruiting me weren't recruiting me as a catcher so i actually called them tsu because it was one of my first choices. MTSU, Clemson were one, two on, on, on my list. And Clemson called, MTSU didn't. Clemson wanted me to play a completely different position, so I was completely out. And I called Max, got a hold of him. I, I wasn't their first choice. And once that guy actually you know, ended up going to Indiana, they came and they recruited me. But I actually reached out to them first. And Mags and Pete kind of had a uh, – I guess a, a little bit of a fight between who they wanted to recruit. Pete, who was the catching guy and wanted to recruit the catcher that was his main focus every single year, wanted a guy from Indiana. Mags wanted me. And Coach Pete didn't know if I actually wanted to catch. So when he came in, to my house and offered me a scholarship, he said, son, do you want to catch? I said, yes, sir. He said, good, because I was leaving if he said, I don't know. So, I mean, if you know Coach Pete, hard nose, straight to the point type guy and you know, right when he said that, I knew that was my school. It wasn't even a thought after that. I think I called him the next day and told him that I was going to commit. Now, your freshman year, you did play some left field, though, didn't you? I did. I did. I was a defensive replacement in left field my freshman year. Yep. Yeah. Well, um, what was it like today? You got picked in the seventh round. You were, were you expecting to go that high? You know, crazy enough um, – I don't know for a fact, but I think I was the one of the last All-Americans eligible taken. So I, I was an All-American in college, and I was one of the last ones taken in the draft. I thought I was going to go quite a bit earlier. Um, so in that moment, I didn't know what was going on. You know, like I was watching guys even in our conference you know, there's two catchers in our conference that went ahead of me. They had better projectability, so to speak. So watching guys go that I played against and and not really knowing what was going to happen. I remember about the fifth round, I walked outside and went and shot basketball and just said, you know, 
I'm just going to let it go and whatever happens, happens. But I, I had a cutoff at the 10th round. If I got If I got drafted in the 10th round or later, I was going back to school. So, you know, chasing my dream, thinking I'm going to get drafted, you know, in the third or fourth round. And then all of a sudden I get – I get past those rounds and I get past the fifth round. I'm like, man, maybe, maybe they heard I was going to go back to school and they don't think I'm draftable. Just start playing all these games in your own mind. And the worst thing you do. So went outside, started shooting basketball. And then sure enough, I was drafted, you know, 20, 30 minutes later by the Rockies. And I hadn't talked to the Rockies in almost a year. So it was, it was very surprising and um, very humbling. And it's a day you'll never forget. It was really special for me. My, my wife, family, really neat. Um, what were you doing, and uh, when you um, learned that you were headed to the big leagues for the first time? <laughs> we uh, we we finished up a day game in Colorado Springs, and I got I got a call on my phone. And anytime you get an unknown, and you're a minor league player. It's usually someone from the front office or it's a coordinator or something. Well, I got an unknown. And I was like, oh, man, what, what's this about? I didn't think, you know, because it's before September. I knew I'd probably get called up in September. So I was on the roster, and I'm a catcher. But, you know, it's our season's not over. No one's been called up yet. So I was like, oh, I wonder what's going on. It's probably my catching coordinator. I want to check up. So I answer it, and it's my manager in AAA. He's like, hey, man what are you doing? I just told him, I was like, yeah, just, you know, relaxing, you know, cooking dinner with my wife, you know, having a great, great, uh, off day or whatever, um, after the game. And he goes, well, you may want to start packing. And I'm like, oh man, I just got traded. And he's like, Hey, you're going to go to Denver tomorrow. And he told me what time to be there. My wife heard it cause she was right next to me. She jumped on my back. Sure enough, next day, you know, I was lucky enough to be able to drive up there. Drove up. I was one of the first guys in the field. You know, went in and saw the skipper, and that's one of those humbling moments. He congratulates you, and the GM's in there as well. It's just, it's very surreal. It, it feels like you know, you're floating into the stadium. It's really, really, really special moment. All righty, Michael. Well, uh, we appreciate you joining us as always, and. Um, Enjoy what season we do have, and uh, we look forward to talking to you on down the road. Hey, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, and God bless you. That's Michael McHenry joining us today on All Sports Talk. That'll do it for today. Everybody have a good rest of the day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.